0: MTG podcast back, and this time we've got a very special guest. I mean, we've previously had Grand Prix champions on, we've had national champions on, we had all, you know, all kinds of proto-competitors, but this guy's a little bit special. He's a former national champion, a former, I don't know, multiple-time Grand Prix champion, 20-plus Grand Prix top baits, more protos than I think just about anyone, and a Hall of Famer. There's too many accolades to list, so I'm going to stop. The one, the only Rafael Levy. Raf, welcome to the cast, and thank you so much for joining us, pal. How's it? Yes, and he also speaks a bit of South African. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's, that's fun, eh? <laughs> how's it, but how's it, how's it? Um, so that's very Raf- lekker.
1: <laughs> very lekker to be it. with you. <laughs> Bro,
0: yeah, man, thanks, thanks for joining us. Um, it's obviously a privilege to have you on and straight off, I guess, fresh off the world championship, which I, I believe you covered. <clears throat> uh, was this in an official capacity? Was this official wizard stream, or was this an independent thing done in France?
1: So it was the uh, French stream, uh, sponsored by Wizards. Okay, so I only covered day one. I was only in charge of day one with the the, the other hosts. And then I went over to uh stream to cover the finals on Sunday. Oh, okay. Well so I guess that's... a little bit of the action.
0: Yeah. I mean it's you you're lucky that anything wizards related you as a non-American or you got invited to is these days it seems with coverage. You have to be based in America or be an American to cover it the way it's going, which we, we find pretty bizarre yeah. given how global the game is. And like I think there were three Americans in the top sixteen. Yet coverage was oh, Some like of the English. casters,
1: some of the casters are not American.
0: Sure, like I guess, I guess Riley, right? Like Riley's the one Riley, who doesn't
1: yeah. live there. Ayla is not American.
0: No, of course, but she lives there, right? Like, I mean, you no, she's
1: she's Canadian. I think oh, she it? lives in Canada.
0: Yeah, does he? Okay, well. I think so. Yeah. You 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 you. I don't know. It seems a bit strange. All I was saying is okay. Maybe my
1: point wasn't hundred percent. Oh, but on. she looks American, and he looks American. So it's there about you the go. Same thing. There you go. It's, it's about the same American. thing. It balances yeah. out.
0: Yeah, exactly. There you go. Sound American. There you go. No, but it's it's interesting as someone who follows magic right over the years and how much it's changed with no um, you know BDM and no Rich Hagen. It's obviously a very different complexion to to magic and coverage. And I guess you have to it has to evolve over time, right?
1: I mean, there's not so much to cover anyway. So, if you have your seat there, you just keep it, right? You don't, you don't want it to be. You don't want anybody to take your seat, so they they keep it. They're holding to them tight. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I I, I guess anyway, things change. I, you obviously had a seat. You had a seat front front hand. I guess first hand of 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 coverage. What did you make of? The event, obviously, it's a bit difficult with you know, COVID and everyone operating from home. They are constrained to that. But what did you make of the event and the way it was run and just your general impression of it?
1: I mean, for an online event, it was pretty well covered, I think. Unless the, the numbers are wrong, there were a lot of people watching. So there is a demand for something like this. And uh, I know it feels weird that this is not like this the whole, every time. Like the the championships, the set championships in the last two years, they were uh, a year and a half. They didn't get enough or just as much traction as this one where they should have, when they should have. So I don't know if it's about them not communicating very well, about the event not being very attractive, the format not being attractive. All in all, mistakes have been made. And after, like in the end... Doesn't really matter because you know it's not like we're gonna have anything similar in the next few years. Or I don't think there's gonna be anything similar. So things could have been better. Too late, and I don't think they care too much. So
0: that's an interesting point you raise. I mean, and you obviously from the big esports background and know a lot more about this and I guess online gaming as a whole. What do you make a observation that this event was, uh, you know, maybe better supported by the public, uh, opposed to some of the other online, I guess, championships or whatever they're called now these days. yeah, I mean, yeah. It's,
2: yeah go ahead. It's 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 hard to say. Um, like, I agree that if certainly if those numbers are real, they're very impressive. Um, they look like there was a lot of engagement. Um, we have seen esports events with fake numbers sometimes on the Twitch streams, um, so you 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 can't always know exactly what to trust. Um, but I think that it certainly, as a model, uh, attracted more engagement than, say, MPL League Play, which is something mm-hmm. that the public has really just not been interested in for the entire time it's been around.
1: Yeah, and I think like the name just World Championship is just so much more attractive. And when they cut the word the the, the like the name Pro Tour just wasn't the same anymore. It was the same thing, just not the same name, and just people don't like it anymore that that doesn't make much sense but that's how people work you know they're used to something they like you change something and they don't like it anymore so you just change the name and oh no i'm not not, not interested what is it set championship what is this that's sexy, that's the pro tour oh yeah duh, no it's not the same it's exactly the same no it's not the same all right and then they lose interest and they hard to like bring back
3: yeah. yeah, I don't I mean, think I've seen like, coverage of a single set championship. Like, it's just not something I was ever interested in watching. It, I haven't tuned in once. Same for the MPL leagues, the rival leagues, the Challengers leagues. You know, there's just, I think the branding was a huge misstep uh, over mm-hmm. the last couple of years, like you mentioned already. So, yeah.
1: it's also like yeah. if you watch MPL leagues, they're actually, the, the games are actually super interesting. Like, you can't have any better games online. Like, if you watch streamers, if you watch entertainers, like, Content creators, they're going to have some games, but they're not, the games themselves, they're not going to be anywhere close to what you're going to see in the APL League. I mean, the games were brutal. Like, all of them were super tight. The best players, and this is, like, as advertised, this is, like, the best players playing each other the whole time. You have, I don't know, was it, like, 24 players? You have 12 matches, highest level of the game, players battling each other. And you see, you see these players make like playing, taking lines that you have never imagined. Like you can't find this anywhere else. This is the best Magic content you'll ever see. Even, but this is not the way it was advertised. It was not enough. It was not enough, um, and uh, enfa- uh emphasis on this. Like, this this is not gonna be anything better. Pro Tours are fine, but you'll see some feature matches that are good, but sometimes you know. They're not in their game and you're not going to see that but this is like a weekend full of this. there's so many matches as you can see from the first hand till the till the the very end of the game you see every line you see all the hands there's nothing better to actually learn how to play the game and if you like if you a little bit involved if you're supporting any of the players and you, know, you can root for them you can like feel for them you know and you can see you could see that like when you're on a, a losing streak or something you see that players like you know he's struggling I know I was doing some of the of the MPL uh, league weekends. I was struggling, and you could see, and people were like feeling for me. So imagine if that was like two, three, five thousand on each of, on each of the players' streams. Like, oh man, this like he needs he needs our support. Like, let's give him some support. That would have been, like created something like huge, but that's not the way it was advertised. So, and yeah, it's like it's sad to see like players being sad. Like, it's been. Uh, criticized a lot like yeah but you actually see a player like struggling for for their life for their lifestyle for their you know not lifestyle but for their income.
0: Livelihood. Yeah.
1: livelihood yeah and you know it's hard to see when it's heartbreaking when they lose then when they make a mistake when they but that's also part of the thing like that's what you're selling so just sell it well and it was not sold like this and in the end we just suffered for nothing <laughs> for nothing <laughs> <laughs> that's how it felt like it was it was a show and I was totally like I signed for this and I was happy to play and even like in the best in the good times and the bad times too and noticed what I had to do but it was so hard and so like, stressful and everything that in the end it was it was worth it because you know even though I I was out in the first like the first cut I was out because it was just not possible for me it was not possible at home with the, like the kids the the second one that was born like a, the day before the submission for the first league weekend. So the first six months were atrociously hard for me, like sleeping, trying to get ready against players that had nothing else to do the whole day when I had like six hours to take care of things at home and time to prepare and then no sleep. That was just impossible. But I was I was ready and I was excited. I was exciting, too. But seeing that nobody cared, it felt like I was playing in my corner like trying to do the best I could but no one really cared and that that kind of hurt like that, that was like half of the half of the fun was just gone and that's that's really too bad
2: so I, I want to ask um, from a spectator perspective I think for a lot of spectators there was something about having a pro tour every few months that's the big event where all your favorite players play compared to MPL play which is kind of like week in week out um, and when it's that regular it seems like less special and less exciting and I just, I was wondering if from a, your perspective as a player, if you also felt some of that or, or was it just really good having so much high level play all the time?
1: Oh no, too much level, high level play is horrible. It's too hard to keep up. I mean, Magic is so, like, I, th- I know it's going to be, it's going to come up in the next questions or something about like formats and stuff, but it's too hard. Like, you, and it's hard because it's boring, I mean, when you play the same format over and over again for three weeks, for four weeks, for two months, like you play this a tournament, I guess the best players in the world in a format that was dead three weeks ago. And you know, there's a new format that's coming up in two weeks or next week or the following week. Like, why do you even work? Why do you even do that? So I think that was also a big mistake. And we never really understood why. And we got like crappy answers Why? Uh, you you will see, I I know that I sound I sound pretty negative, but I have a lot of resentment <laughs> towards whoever was in charge. Not they probably did what they could. I think what they, I I don't think they did it well, and I have nothing against wizards. I have nothing against the people in charge. I think they could have done a lot better, and that's something I'm really mad about. One of the things I'm mad about, like continuously making the same mistake over and over again people are not interested in watching you play the same format you want they want to see something new they don't want to see like these top three decks playing against each other for for a week for uh like for two days that that's not interesting doesn't matter who plays them but yeah and it was tough to play the same thing over and over again you're like okay well I just finished the tournament I guess I have two weeks to prepare doing the exact same thing I did for the last three weeks mm-hmm okay what am i gonna find now yeah that's, it, it's just it was just very hard and not too interesting on the players on a player's um standpoint and it could have been better yeah,
0: yeah I mean, that sounds pretty not, interesting, just a, not, yeah. just a, not just a player's point of view right like from a spectator's point of view that's exactly why a lot of people tune in is to see something new and fresh and particularly i guess in years gone by when sets came out and then the next thing you know it was you know a mere week or two couple of weeks later and and the pro tour was there and then you 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 stay glued to the coverage to find out what are the best players in the world come up with? What have all these great players you know brought and and you know you're looking and you're reading trying to figure out these cards and you know figuring out what's going on and what's the puzzle. So I think that you're absolutely right. Like that that intrigue um, and and maybe they just got so fixated on being arena only. At some point, we, you know, good old Magic Online, you could have thrown that in. There's nothing wrong with a bit of Modern. Or, no, I, don't I, don't mind,
1: I don't mind Magic Arena. I think Magic Arena is actually really cool. I think there's no, there's no, there's nothing wrong with Magic Arena. No, I'm seriously, but just the timing is so wrong. So, timing was so bad. Like, why make us play like one week before the next PT, a new set? Why? That didn't make any sense. We never got an answer for this. The answer was like, oh yeah, uh, not your problem. Well, it's kind of our problem because that's what we have to do. Like, why, why do you make us do something we don't like to do? And that's, that's, mm. that's up to you to not do that. Oh, but timing is wrong. Yeah, well, timing is the worst. You can't. You cannot. There's no worse timing than this.
2: So, so what about? I mean, do you think it's possible? It's just the tip of the iceberg. Because I, I hear what you're saying that if you shift the format one week to the to either direction, a lot of the times. You could have had more interesting fresh formats you're competing in but there's also this sort of suggestion that's come up quite a lot in the last year that uh not necessarily criticism of arena itself but in an in a day and age where there's a lot of online play and a lot of data and a lot of uh, information spreading really quickly formats seem to be getting solved quicker and quicker um and i wonder whether that's not a problem that you'd have regardless regardless of which formats they're making the events it just feels like th- there's there's a, a much shorter period of people being excited about new things in Magic than it used to be, you know, five, ten years in the past. Uh, I don't know what, what you think about that.
1: So that's something I've been saying for a very, very long time. And I think they tried to fix this. I think it was in 2016. Something like this, you know, I, it was not in, in a Cannes, kind of Cust of Tarkir. I think they had this big announcement saying, oh, uh from now on rotation is going to be a year and a half and not two years anymore and i think that was that was really good i mean yeah and then people like started to complain about oh yeah but now we have to to buy new cars all the time but yeah i mean (laughs) you got you got to do that regardless right if you play if you want to stay competitive you get to buy cars regardless and then like they they went back to it like oh yeah sorry about this that was a bad idea let's get back to two year rotation and it was back to the same thing so i do agree that the the formats just stay they stick around for way too long and it's never like it's never it feels like it's never fresh and when you hear everybody cl- like calling for bands for one card, for another so i think to understand why bands need to be made and why they should be bad, why there shouldn't be any bands, you need to answer one question. What do you like about Constructed? What What do you want a stand format to be? So when you play a format and there's nothing good, like it's hard to find and there's nothing dominating, everybody's bored because they're like, oh yeah, well, no, de- no nothing works. Uh, no deck is good. Uh, I can't find a deck I like. And be like, oh, let's, let's I-, I can't wait for a new set. Okay, so you don't like it. So then there's something that your two things are good. Like, oh yeah, but these two days are too good. There's nothing else to to beat them. Ah, come on. So what do you want? There's no there's no good answer. And the only time the only time when you have like a, a fresh format is when you have new cards and no one has figured it out. And that's a span of like 2 weeks. Before it was more like 3 3 weeks a month, but now it's more like a week or two where so many games are jammed. And that was the case before. Like, it's, not, it's nothing new. And when there was Magic Online, you could see the results were coming. It was just hard to find, but you had them. Uh, and you see, well, this deck is dominating, so it's the deck to beat, so you have to do that. And at some point, there's a stalemate. This, this, There's just two decks that are too good. The, rest, the, the other decks just fell way behind. There's, there's nothing to do. You wait for the next set. And it's like banning things left and right that helps for like one or two weeks. But at the end, like you you kill something, something else gets to dominate, and you get to the same exact problem two weeks later. The only thing that changes that is the new set or just a, a lot, a lot of new cards.
0: That's interesting. Would you, I mean, you hear a point there about it's always been the same in a sense with magic online results in the past, driving. Um, dictating what people did, and and I and I go back to some of um, the, the pro tour. I think Yokohama, the one where you played. I think sulfur. Sul- you top rated with was it sulfur elemental? The flash. All white creatures yeah. get plus one, mm-hmm. minus one. And if I'm not mistaken, yeah. leading up to that pro tour, uh, Magic Online was being dominated by this white weenie deck. What weenie that, yeah. for that block? Yeah. And like, so my approach, I mean, I I'll never forget because I played that. That was my first Pro Tour and I, I played like some terrible Grixis deck to try and be anti, you know, anti-white creatures. Um, but like the metagame, like auto-corrected, as you say, like the, the white weenie was just suppressed in that event because people like you played the sulfur elemental and blue-black control was a big thing. And, you know, and so it, it, in, in essence, it did, it did. We've always reacted to this. I guess what's the difference now? Is the difference now that there's just social media so people have an avenue to complain or they feel like they just can complain about anything? This entitled whiny generation? Yeah.
1: Like that was 2007. 2007 was not now. Like a lot of things happened in the last 15 years. Like 2007, Facebook was just starting. There was no social media. You could find stuff on um, on uh, Magic Online. But there was no, no such... St- no such communication between the players. Like, you could have contacts overseas and testing groups here and there, but there was no real consensus. Like, it was hard to find the consensus apart from Magic Online. Uh, Now it's completely different. And yeah, that's the same. That's a widespread problem across, like, every single field. Like, a lot of people are given a voice when they're, you know, should probably not talk too much because they have no idea what they're talking about. And this is like, and they all have this megaphone, and this, uh, uh, echo chamber where so many people, like blah 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 blah, blah. it's it gets really like deafening, mm-hmm. like you, you, that's the only thing you hear because the only constructive, uh, criticism is just like completely drowned, and uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is this is the new world
0: <laughs> yeah it's 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 funny because it's like kind of like in magic like the band talk just comes like overtakes everything supersedes everything it's kind of like in football and it's like pre-season or in between season anytime a football club says something on twitter the first comment will be sign so and so or announce so and so you know it's like that's all people want in, in in certain spheres and like it's 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 kind of mental like to your point about people with a megaphone, I'm not sure if you saw this this whole thing that became a bit of a joke was during the world's coverage. You know, Andrei Strasky was doing on this terrific run and you know just destroying everyone in in, in well all formats, in fact. And then uh, Zan Syed tweets something. Oh, like yeah, Oh yeah, I followed follow that. Please, yeah, please don't yes, whatever. Do. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, do you really just tell like the guy who's you know was just killed the MPL and is on top of the world championships not to say how to sideboard? Like, it's just so funny and so like I
1: don't know. I mean I so good. good good and bad move. <laughs> I mean the only, the good move is because people are talking about him. That's it. that's that's what people want. People want to be talked mm-hmm. people want to be talked about. Oh, I did something, I said something good, something stupid. as long as I get some likes, some some shares of people talk about me, I'm happy. And then if people talk shit about me, then I'm happy because you know, at least they're talking about me, and then I can say, oh, these these big people, the thing is so good. Uh, they're the bad guys. I, I'm, I'm actually really good. Like doesn't matter if like the the ID behind this doesn't matter if he's right or not. He just he got a thing, and that's that's what I think is really bad with the world right now. Because you can say any shit you want. Sorry about sorry about the language, but okay, can I? Can I can I do can do Can I go with that? You can. Are, you, are you gonna beat me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> never, but
1: never. You could beat me if you want. You can say any shit you want as long as People answer to it. You're good. I mean, not you, unless you like it's really bad. But if people talk about it, it's good for you. Unless you get like to the point you pass the 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 bad bar. Like if you say something really, really bad, and people, everybody, hundred percent of people hate you. You shouldn't go there. But if at least some people go your way, you're good. Like imagine if you say something. That, I'm going to use numbers here. You say something that's seventy percent bad and thirty percent good. So That's like pretty bad. Seventy percent of the people are gonna be way against you, and these people you don't care because they were not following you anyway. You don't care about these guys. But the thirty percent that you're gonna hit, they're gonna support you so much that you're gonna gain your audience from them. The thirty, like let's say it's like over, like let's say a thousand people, you're gonna hit three hundred people that have never heard of you. that are so against the seventy percent that you get a 30 extra people, 300 extra people on your side that you would have never have reached otherwise. So you get 3,300 bad people, but it doesn't matter. It's good for you.
0: You heard yeah. it there, everyone. Raf Levy breaking it down. How to get famous in the year 2021. Yeah, <laughs> that's, shock, that's, shock, that's, Essentially, I, I
1: hate... I hate this. I, I, I'm, I'm honestly hating this. People are getting way way too much support for their shit. And that's not let that's not. I'm not talking about that specific case because it's like that. That's, uh, I don't want to get involved in this. I have no take. I, I don't care. It's about everything else, like from politics to science to worldviews to anything. So and magic is not, it's not anything different. Mm. And that's why there's so much like Twitter drama. Come on, Twitter drama over magic. This is, takes so much. I'm not. You know, giving too much uh, stuff about it. You know, there's no, there's not too much to say about it. But every single week, there's something different, it was, it was totally, completely relevant. But it doesn't matter. People talk about people lo- love to talk shit about stuff, and that makes them famous. And I hate this.
0: You, you know, it's something I used to discuss with a, a friend of mine who was also European, and used to say that you know, these people who have you know there's there's these dramas about like really inconsequential issues it happens when you don't have real challenges in your life you know when you don't have real problems like i don't know when you're not dealing with riots in your country one month you know no electricity the next month you know then you know puts things into perspective you know so come on epiphany
1: not banned yet come on (laughs) (laughs)
0: how how could they come on (laughs) A seven mana sorcery? Like, I mean, is the world gone mad? Like, we live in a world well, it's, with it's, seven it's, mana uh, sorceries that's mana overpowered. It's, uh, it's, it's oh, six yeah, mana cards. you know, you gotta, you gotta foretell it first. You know, you gotta, you gotta yeah, pay the card right, over, and then it's broken. Over two turns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. That's just so unfair. Like, and that's the thing. Like, you listen to Twitter, the Twitter rhetoric, then it let you lead you to believe that uh, Epiphany is the most broken thing that's happened to magic in I don't know a generation and and goldsman dragon's not too far behind which i find remarkable and, and that was one of the points we wanted to talk about you know and, and, I, and I think i see a view on this already but like are we? i guess the question is are we are people just too premature to call for bans in the year 2021
1: like i think this this would be sorted if the policy about bannings about bans and about formats in general was just a little more, um, like a lot leaner. As in, look, what do we want from the tournaments? What do we want from, from, uh, from formats? What do we want from constructed magic? Do we want the format to evolve? Do we want the format to be played a lot? Do you want one deck to, to, um, to dominate? And I think their th- their thing is like, oh, wait and see. Let's wait two more weeks. Let's wait this. And the fact that it's like the reasons they give every time is always a little different. Oh, we're going to change this because, you know, just in case. But, okay, fine. We're changing this because it's too powerful. Okay, like like, the example is Brainstorm. Like who would have thought Brainstorm was too good for Historic when people were saying like, yeah, Brainstorm is way too good for Historic. Come on. Okay, let's play. Oh, let's ban Time Warp. Okay, so two more weeks of brainstorm. Yeah, brainstorm still dominates historic. Oh yeah, we're gonna brainstorm now. Okay, finally, and this—I don't know. This is either to say, look, we do whatever we want, and we're gonna have surprise bands every 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 other week. So be ready. That would be challenging. Well, that would kind of <laughs> kind of kill the, the the players' trust but not really if you say if you give it to, give it straight you know like well we're going to ban cards if we if we think they're too good and we're going to replace them by something else in historic you can't change the cards like it's not like you didn't you don't buy you buy the cards but if you change them if you nerf them you change. with paper magic is different but now we 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 on mm-hmm. we hard on the <laughs> on the on the arena format we deeply in this one so if they want to nerf a card, why can't they? This is like, I know this is all, but they would set a precedent for just do it. <laughs> I think that would be, that would be a quick fix to some of the cards. If they just make up the cards, I don't know if it's good, but that could be one thing or just saying, yeah, we're going to make bans every now and then. And maybe they come back a card that's banned. Maybe can be a, and banned just to see, to give the people new formats. And it's, it's wild. And The fact that you can't really trust the thing to be exactly the same all the time, like that makes it, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. I know I'm getting a little lost in (laughs) in my train of thoughts, but let's just say they should take more initiative in banning and unbanning and telling people what they think of the format. Saying, oh, wait and see. It's just not, that that just doesn't make it. It doesn't raise the trust from players. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything good. Saying we're gonna ban something in two weeks. So for two weeks, you're gonna have the same thing. Maybe just like weekly, weekly or bi-weekly just announcements that look, we think this is good up until this tournament. After this tournament, we'll we'll change stuff. So if you have a tournament the week after, then we'll we'll think about this. This is on the this is on the watch list. So you know, don't don't invest too much on this card because it could be banned. Sure that that kind of lowers the trust, but you know, this is if you want people to be bored to death and not buy. But they have the numbers; they know what's happening. They sh- at least they should know what's going on. So,
2: the, doesn't it's it maybe there. again go back to the speed with which formats are getting sold? Because I, you know, I, I feel like yeah. back oh, in totally, the past, completely, back, exactly. I mean, it, it's kind of like there's always going to be a strongest thing to do, right? Yeah. And, and and people eventually want to complain about the strongest thing but what's happening right now is we find the strongest thing so quickly people don't get yeah. the time to express their creativity and that's what they want to do and that's what makes people upset yeah. i think that there's there's too small of a period of time where they feel like they can be creative and experiment
1: yeah but there's like there's nothing you can do about this a game where so many players are playing that was possible when not a lot of players were playing now there's like hundreds of thousands of games that are like recorded where, uh, like, the data from these games are recorded, put in a matrix, like, this is the best deck. So many games are being played online. This, like, they can't be, like, the numbers can't be that wrong. And you know it. You know which decks are good. You know what you have to... If you're a really good player, you know how to analyze this. You take the best decks. You adapt to your stuff. It's hard. It's hard. It takes a lot of work. That's not accessible for a lot of players. So when you talk about creativity... Your deck sometimes cannot just shine. It's just not possible because the decks are too powerful. If you change the format every two weeks, you don't have to release a new set. Say in two weeks we're gonna ban new cards. You just try to format with a new set. For example, if you at some point said, okay, from now on, like a couple of day, a couple of months ago, no bone crusher giant. There's gonna there were gonna be a lot more decks. Like a lot of the decks would just lose to bone crusher giant. They cannot beat that card. So, okay from now on, no bone crusher giant. Let's try for two weeks. See what's going on. There would be a lot of new decks. A lot of new decks could not be played because of Bone Crusher Giants. And say, okay, in two weeks, we'll change it. We'll change it back. I mean, there could be tournaments. It could still be competitive. Sure, you need to be available these two weeks to work on it. But why don't you call it like new standard or like shifting standard or whatever? Nothing keeps you from making tournaments the way you want. And they're stuck in this Okay, we're going to ban if it's too good. We're going to ban if it's too stale. Why don't you shift it a little bit? I think that's that's that would that's what I was trying maybe to say a little bit differently, but now it's a lot more it, it's a lot clearer now. Uh make it new every time. You don't have to buy new cards, you just make the formats different.
0: I think to your point about the bannings and and maybe unbannings, you know, in terms of when formats uh, adapt or evolve. Uh, I mean, there's some great examples of that. You you look at the modern ban list over the years, and there's some ridiculous things on that list. You know, like Blazing Shoal is still banned in modern. You know, Nakatel okay. was banned for so many years. Now, while Nakatel was banned, I mean, uh, Bloodbread elf. these things were banned for so many years, came back and had basically been unplayable. But they just keep it on these ban lists, you know, where cards are just you know not barely make a dent in format so there's there's room for I guess a bit of fluidity and yeah, you know maybe, maybe you need to get involved in um I
1: don't Historic, know modern <clears throat> modern's so big now so I don't I don't even know what's in it's in what's in uh modern anymore
0: You'll be pleased to know that uh, hitting people with oh, a yeah, might, might be the oh, best thing to do <laughs> I know I
1: know I, I saw that but now it's not fun anymore
0: yeah, you know yeah, when we had the
1: deck, when we had the deck, and we were trying really hard. <laughs> oh, we were missing the red spell, though.
0: Yeah, the, but I mean, we did. The, have, we did have Mox Opal back then. We still had Mox Opal. There's no Mox Opal now. We had Mox Opal, and we had we had that like one one unblockable, and we had a bunch of sort of give or take, you know. Also, we yeah, didn't we have the that, that,
1: that red, the red instant. We should have had that.
0: Like Magmatic theft.
1: I, I, I think know. I missed it. But our deck was pretty good. I mean, the first, what was it? The first match we played? I won twice on turn two or turn three or something.
0: You did. And then, but to be fair, we also did a lot of losing after that. Like oh a yeah, lot but that of was losing. the first match.
1: The first match. <laughs> first match two times on like turn two. Okay, Yo. that's good. <laughs> All right. Well, like Nexus, I... Nexus, <laughs> Hammer. Uh, no, next, no is what eight. is it? Cigar is eight. Cigar is eight, yeah.
0: Yeah, so we got this 8 plus a hammer plus an excess plus Mox Opal somewhere giving us extra mana. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. That, just for those exactly. listening and wondering what we're going on about, this is 2019 Hogak, uh, Hogak Summer, if you will. And just before the Pro Tour, came up with this amazing uh, oh, the hammer deck before it really was a thing. So, yeah, it, it flattered to deceive. Let's see. let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> um, it, didn't work. it didn't work out. We didn't play it in the end. <laughs> no, How would you would rather have to though? say it that way?
3: Would you rather have Mox Opal or would you rather have Lurus in your hammer deck? Probably Mox, right?
1: Uh, I, don't, I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know what Lurus does anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's too many words. I, know many, words I don't you know, what I know what it does in modern. I don't know what it does in modern. <laughs>
3: needs to get banned.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, is that is it too good?
2: It's uh, pretty good. That's pretty good.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Mad, I mean,
1: uh, that card was pretty good
2: s uh, so, you know, so, so so actually what you're describing about sort of more regular changes potential bans, that's an approach that wizards have now shown specifically with historic I don't know if you saw today with the quote unquote rebalancing of certain new cards because they're treating the format as purely digital it's not clearly a, a solution to paper magic but I wonder if that's if that's in the in the direction that you're sort of talking. Um, to just adjust the cards more regularly, at least for the digital format.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, online is so easy to do. In real life, it's probably harder. But why not try? I mean, there was no tournament. There was no paper tournament anyway. So why not? I think they they missed a big opportunity. Like, what? One of my like motto in life is just try to make the best out of the worst you know if something something bad happens to you you have to like turn it around and make it something that could be uh, like attract like something to make you better or something to I don't know we you know the the last the last few months the last the last year and a half that was a lot of things that you had to think of like everybody in the world and for a lot a lot of people lost a lot of things. And a lot of people just thought of this period, of that period as a, you know, we lost everything. Just thinking this, not actually losing everything. Let's say there's nothing to do. I'm stuck. I can't do anything. And, you know, there were some at the beginning. A lot of people say, oh, I'm going to use that time to learn Thai, to learn Malaysian or whatever. Any, any Malay or any, any kind of language or I'm going to try to learn new skills. And Nobody did that. Come on. That was just like good Good thing at the beginning. Uh, some people did, but not a lot. I know I used it as a, like, try to find new goals, set new goals, set new things to do in life. And it doesn't matter how the situation was going. I was still going to try to improve, still going to try to find new things, try to find the best out of try to get the best out of it, out of a shitty situation. Wizards did, I think, the complete opposite. Or, like, it, it, it used the situation in their, to their benefits to screw everybody else. That's how I felt it was. Uh, the tournaments, they used the very, like they cut all the resources from the tournament. They could have still have made something amazing in this time where people wanted tournaments, people wanted to see things and they cut it to the bare minimum for the players, for the viewers. And we ended up with a shitty system with shitty tournaments, with shitty viewership, and at the end of the day, they came out and say, "Oh yeah, well we made record profit." And you're like, "Come on, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. This is this is insane." Like, yes, they took advantage of this, of one thing, to make a lot of money, but they completely lost track of something. Like that was one of the best thing about magic, at least to me and to a lot of people. They could have made both. They could have done both. They could have made record profit and they could have made this experience amazing for all the players they care so much about. That's all, all about them. That's not true. It's not all about the players. And that's what... I know I sound a little a little mad, a little angry. And that's a lot. That's something we share among, like the players who kind of feel being let down because, you know, we're, well, being let, <laughs> being let down. We are basically getting fired next year, uh, and that's that. That hurts because it feels like everything, all the good intentions. That oh yeah, we're gonna make the system awesome, amazing. We end up getting like the very shortest straw we could get. Like the tournaments were not great. Uh, we're gonna be cut. We're gonna be cut next year. Uh, they didn't give us like any alternative. Like yeah, well, you have one year. One year notice. That's 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 the only thing we're going to do for you guys. And that, that hurts because making can, did you Do you remember the first GPs, the first online GPs, like in, what is it? May, April or May, maybe May hmm. 2020 yeah. last year. Somebody. It was, it was amazing. Like people were together and there was a lot big demand for this. Like, Oh yeah, let's play tournaments and the coverage. They got like people for the coverage from everywhere. They were working from home and, I think, uh, to me, even though, like, that was a very strange period, that was, I think that was good times. It was fun. Like, Magic was around. We were, like, hoping, like, for the best. We didn't know what was going to happen, the NPL, with the tournaments. And we had high hopes. Like, this is this is actually working. I mean, sure, there's some hiccups. But, come on, in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, they can't make it happen. I mean, this is 2020. Well, this was 2020. We have the technology to make something really awesome work. I mean, you run tournaments with like 2,000 people with like a printer and a shitty laptop. You can't make it with this resource from everywhere in the world, right? Nope. No, we got, we got, you know, the the tournaments from home and nobody cared about uh, that. That's, and yeah, (laughs) that sucked.
3: I mean, what do you want to see going forward, though, Raf? I mean, do you, Obviously, you're disappointed with the whole direction that pro play has taken over the last couple of years. But do you think we need to go back to Paper Magic? Do you think that's the only thing that can really save the game or the professional aspect of the game? Or do you think that they can make online work to some extent? And if so, what do you think needs to happen? Do you want to go back to a traditional you know, PTQ structure, which they sort of run to some extent on Magic Online? Do you think Arena could be employed to better effect you know, to, to run a proper pro circuit? And and how do you see that actually taking place?
1: So what I think is, what I'm saying, like, it's such a missed opportunity is that they had two years of test runs for online tournaments, for official high-level tournaments. They had two years. There was, like, there's no other opportunity like this. Like, if they wanted to, I think that's something that should have been done long ago, like moving the Pro Tour to online tournaments for a million reasons. There's so many reasons why you should play online over playing in person. Like, the costs are a fraction of what a, an actual PT is. Like, the PT venue, so many judges, so many people to pay for. Like, this is it's like the, the cost of a PT in terms of resources is insane. And if you talk about also other resources, like even Like traveling to a magic tournament from, if you go from Australia to the US, like the the environmental cost is also real. Like fly a thousand people to one event. Like the carbon footprint of this is insanely high. Do that online. It's just a fraction. So sure that sounds like, oh yeah, but dude, like you're so blah, blah, blah. I can't can't hear all the, oh, but why do you care about this? You want to play a tournament? Yeah, but it's like, this is like, 10 times a year if you had gps like 20 50 times a year is it really worth it like is playing one tournament in paper magic worth that much harm i don't know like sure now i'm I'm saying this and people will say oh yeah but ref you've been doing this for 20 years yes i do i know i know this and this is not something i talk about lightly i know i've 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 enjoyed this lifestyle for so long and maybe it's because you know I have two kids now, and I'm like, oh yeah, but this is not going to be easy for them. This is the the next the next step in the world is not going to be as friendly. They're not going to be able to do what I've been able to do, and we got to be careful. And I don't think traveling twenty times a year for magic tournaments is is a fine idea. This is a is um, a reasonable. So, arena was just a good, like, a good alternative to paper magic. And sure, it's not like it's not eco friendly. Yeah, playing on your computer, using your computer, streaming—it's not—it's not, it's not eco friendly. But nothing is really eco friendly. But compared to paper magic, it's nothing. And yeah, a year and a half was test run for free because they didn't have to stop the pro tour. They could still go on with the PT, and they've had an excuse if it didn't run well. Like, oh, it didn't go well. Well, OK, well, you know, it's still the first year and we're trying to get it right. They had a year and a half. They almost got it right. And now think, oh, yeah, well, you know, the whole year and a half we just did on the Arena? Forget about it. it. never happened. We go back to Paper Magic to the good old what we had and that worked uh, the way it worked, but without Pro Magic because we don't care about these guys anymore. So we all in all, we lost all the good things and we focused on the bad things. That's how I think. So, going on, I, I don't know. Going forward, I, I don't know. If they forget about, if they don't do any PTs, well, they're not going to be, they're not going to have any PTs, any pro, pro level tournaments anymore at all. So, or nothing that supports the pro players. So, that's like, there's no reason, there's no incentive for pros to actually play the tournament or play Magic at all. So, I don't know what's going to happen. For now, I'm just focusing on what's happening now because. Next year, a lot of things are going to change next year. Uh, we don't know what they're going to do. We don't know where uh, if they're going to bring back the PT for some obscure reason. Say they wouldn't, but maybe they're going to because, you know, all in all, that's, you know, they're always changing. That's what people say. You know, they always come back, go back to their decisions. It's hard to imagine what they're going to do for, uh, my wish is that they bring back the PT the way it should have been last year with a couple stops like in person in paper because they don't want to forget about the paper. They don't want to, you know, not use paper as one of the main, I understand that. I don't want the, the main way to play, main ways to play. So I would say the perfect way to do it is mainly arena, couple stops during the year, maybe two, three stops during the year. That would be the ideal thing, maybe for me, and probably objectively for everybody else. And but I doubt it's going to be that way. It's mostly going to be commander <laughs> if you <laughs> if you're on my <laughs> or brawl or whatever it is they're doing these days. Yeah. You,
0: you say that, but you know it's funny because I see people you know in Magic Twitter. It's like, hey, I um wanna. The super qualifier on Magic Online. I've qualified for something. And it's I find it it's it's bizarre that like people are playing these events, or, you know, whether it's arena or magic online and qualifying for unknown, to be determined. We have no idea what we're doing. And, and like it's just it's crazy that we're in this position where and I think to your point, like the way the planning perhaps has been really poor and how this whole thing's been, you know, poorly managed. that... We still don't know what's going to happen next year. Is there anything? Is there, as you say, is is Propay officially dead? Or are they going back? Are they changing it? Is there going to be some system? You know, um, I don't know. It's kind of wild. It's wild. And let's hope that they come to their senses and there's something um, that comes of it. Because at the end of the day, you know, for any Magic player, like the ultimate thing was always to be, you know, back in the day when they had their pro level system, you know, you were a level five mage or a level whatever. I remember, you know, the one the one pro chair I was hanging out with the Aussies and Jeremy Neiman is like, oh, you know, we were just making this joke, but he's like, oh he's a he's a level seven mage, you know, and you're trying to like, you know, talk to some girls and it was just so funny. <laughs> you know, um, and, and like you know, that, that kind of thing. And then obviously <laughs> later with Platinum Pros and now MPL, having these these people to, to, I guess, role models, right, to aspire to, to say, hey, one day I want to, whether that's realistic or not, having that pathway was always something, an avenue. And I really feel like, yeah, they're missing a trick. Whether commander sales, I know, as they say, are, are great and drives the game, but there's a percentage of the player base that really, looks for this you know the chasing this chasing the dragon so to speak um in the magic sense
1: so this it's to me the, the worst thing is that you know people are not looking for the high, pro, the big prizes like of course it's nice to you know have this 10k tournament you win you get 10k 20 30 50k a, a million dollars but that's not what, play, pe- what players are chasing people are chasing the glory people are chasing the title official titles do you know how many titles like ACG titles that player got who no okay do you know what that that other third party tournament like t- t- titles i don't know there was some more like ACG there were what what else i don't remember yeah in like, yeah, the us like these, these tours and everything yes. yeah no one like no one knows and really like on the resume it doesn't mean anything how and maybe maybe the the the, the quality of the players would just ask – as high as in GPs like I don't know I've never played them but I can only imagine there's still like big tournaments and a lot of good players and maybe just has good and it's like oh how about the GPs oh yeah he won two GPs wow that, that's like that's the achievement you got two titles it doesn't matter how much money you made like some of the um, the last set championships like Arna you know how much he won he won the PT he won like 15k or something well, it's still like it's still it's still 15k, but it's yeah, compared yeah. to the 40 or 50 that you usually win, it's nothing. But he got the recognition of winning the PT, and that's like that's all all they want. They all that's all you want when you're a Magic Pro. Well, of course you want the livelihood behind it, and you would prefer that. But for the aspiring pros, they want this. Of course, it's better if they have money to actually support this lifestyle. But cutting just The Apple, (laughs) it's just, it's ridiculous. That doesn't cost them that much. I don't understand. I'm just, I'm mad because I don't understand. I don't understand.
2: I would say it's not about cost. It's about them not seeing benefits aligned. Certainly what I could say from the esports industry more broadly, we're seeing a move away from uh, developers supporting their esports, like their gamers in esports, and towards them investing more in streamers. And that's because developers who make big games typically see the competitive side of the game as a marketing tool. And more and more they're saying that actually it's better marketing to just pay streamers than it is to have tournaments. And so the question for for Magic is going to be similar. It's going to be, does Wizards need the competitive circuit for marketing? Because if they don't, what's the profit incentive? I mean, it's... it's, a, it's
1: I agree. Yep. I agree. And you know why? And it's, I don't know if it's the end of the podcast, but like, if it was the end, it would be the perfect conclusion because, Oh, Oh, why would it be like this? Oh, remember 50 minutes ago when we talk about, you can't talk shit for like 30% and these guys are going to be a lot more uh, receptive to your shit. That's exactly this. That's exactly, mm-hmm. so you could be a hundred percent, right? If you hit nobody, no one's going to care. And that's exactly what's happening with the the pro players. You have the best, the people who invested the most time in your game. They play their heart in the game. They play to live. They play to eat. You won't have any more devoted players to your cause. But people don't know them. They don't. They're not making the show. And when they tweet like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Oh, this guy won. Yeah, I don't give a shit. That's fine. Oh, but this guy. Oh, he said this guy is uh, blah, blah, blah oh bad guy okay well we're gonna support this guy because he gets a lot of people it doesn't matter if it's good or bad we just get a lot more sales of this guy so we're gonna support this guy oh the pro that spends like hours and hours playing your game and being good and perfecting skill. oh we don't give a shit it's not it's not important and that's the way we live in and that's really shitty
0: (laughs) you 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 know it's it's bizarre and like A few years ago, I mean, when you started, you hopped onto the streaming thing, I guess, at the right time just to get into it. And I think at the time, it was probably just you and Nasif as, like, the two, like, pros of the two Hall of Famers that were streaming. And I couldn't understand, because I'd never been a Twitch, like, person, a viewer. And I couldn't understand why why on Twitch, if I go to Magic, typically, there's these people I've never heard of, have the most views... And like you guys were like, you know, still like at the bottom—not at the bottom, but you know, relative still, to your I'm standing.
1: I'm still around the bottom. <laughs> you know, really, it's,
0: it's high up. There. To your standing. Yeah, but uh, to be fair, I think that's also because of the formats you play, right? Like, like he, oh, he does—he yeah. does magic online. I think the magic online and the modern thing—that's where he gets his ridiculous numbers from. Uh, because people like seeing wild, crazy decks, right? Like that's you know, and Bruise, which which. By I the
1: way, I I got, I got there too late. I got I got the wrong timing. I was just one or two years too late.
0: I don't know, man. I, I think it, given your history of crazy decks, if you played Magic Online like yeah. twice a week, I think you'd kill it in Magic Online. Like everyone would watch you because you'd want to brew weird shit that like everyone loves seeing weird <laughs> stuff, you know. And the, your weird graveyard decks, you'd still be on to play well Life from the Loan probably. Oh yeah, that would be. Yeah, I would get a lot of a lot of a lot of and, lot of, uh, and zombie infestation, just... <laughs> zombie infestation, and whatever else. But yeah, I um I kinda of lost my, my train of thought on that one. But yeah, it's it's just it's a different, it's a weird time, it's a different time. And I guess like the reality is at least you you you're one of the few people that got in and are doing it and trying to make the most out of this streaming era um in, in this day and age. And obviously that's you've you've parlayed now into a bit of coaching.
1: Yeah, because you know like Twitch. Like, oh, we had the oh, there was the the tweet the the Twitch leak or how how the streamers are making insane amount of money. Yeah, that's like a handful of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Twitch, I, I don't get much money from from Twitch. I do it more for to like I, I used to I got back into I got back on Twitch because I was streaming very long ago some obscure things when people were asking me oh can you play some zombie loam? like okay I'll play some zombie loam if you want. <laughs> So I, I I was streaming for like a couple of couple of hours and then like completely forgot about my my twitch and I started again in, when was it beginning of night 2019? Yeah, I think it was beginning of 2019. Uh, and yeah, it was it was fun, but I was like maybe maybe it's gonna lead somewhere and I got to play a lot more, uh, which was the main one of the main reason I actually got back. Like on the competitive at comp- to competitive level, because at that point I was like, oh well, I lost my job at like a TCG at, 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 at a certain uh, certain uh, <laughs> website <laughs> mm-hmm. because of the MPL and everything, and I lost a lot of things with the like when they put the MPL online when they put the, they started the MPL lost a lot of things, like I, I lost my status as pro player because the, only the pro only the MPL was in the highlights. The MPL was making money. Uh the sites were only hiring MPL players. So everybody else got like got the boot pretty much. So I was there. And also they would they were pretty much saying, Oh, we're not gonna make do uh, play any GPs anymore, so no more coverage. So basically, I lost pretty much everything at that time. So I lost all my gigs, all my games, and everything. And I was like, okay, well. Maybe it's time for me to do so, to try something else that's when I started streaming. And by that, I improved my game a lot because I was playing a lot more because when I didn't really care so much, like you can't see in the the way you prepare and everything, you know, that that really that really shows. And by streaming, I got a lot better. I got invited to the Arena PT that got me into the MPL eventually. So I'm very grateful. Not grateful. Grateful is not the, the right word, but... I'm happy I started this, this journey. And even though, you know, I wish I'd like, I'd made enough money to justify streaming more. uh, I'm streaming what? Three times, three times a week, a couple, like maybe four or five hours every time. So like that's 12 or 15 hours a week. That's not a lot, but that I'm not making any money on this. This is not, this is not something I advise anybody to do. And when they say, oh, you shoot stream magic, it's good for you. No, it's not good for you. It's not. I do it because it's fun and because this is my online persona. You know, it's like, what am I selling? I'm selling, I'm basically selling magic and I'm showing you, this is my, my display. I'm showing you how I play. I'm showing you what you could do. And then I'm selling my articles. I'm selling my coaching sessions and I'm selling whatever people are giving me to sell. And that's how I make my money, not because I play on Twitch. Twitch is not making me any money. So the streaming world is something a little wild as well. And I don't know how long it's gonna last, because with less motivation to play and less tournaments, I don't know where, where it's gonna lead me. But maybe people the, the, the only the other thing that's moving forward for me at least, I'm gonna focus a lot for at least for now, I'm gonna focus on trying to teach people how to play through the coaching sessions, through the coaching. And because people are not necessarily aspiring to become a pro. Well, now it's kind of dead, <laughs> but they want to be better at the game. They want to play arena opens. They want to get one time their 2k from these arena opens. And it's possible it's reachable for almost anybody, but they need to get ready. And there's no better way to do that than through this kind of training. And I don't know if it's the future of pro magic, but this is what I have in the short term and we'll see what's happening next.
0: All right. Well, listen, Jeff, I think we're running out of time here, but I've got to before we go, if we can just hold you on for a couple of minutes, Solv's gonna fire off a couple of questions uh that uh, some of our listeners submitted. Sure. Um and yeah, we just they wanted to get your insight on. Solve, take it away, please.
3: Great. Yeah. So a couple of listeners submitted questions. Um, first of all, Rap, thanks again for coming on the, co- the podcast and lending some credibility to this little amateur operation that we've got going. Um, let's start off with one from Kalia Petkov, who's actually a member of the podcast, but unfortunately couldn't be with us for this recording. Uh, but he wanted to know your perspective on this. What separates the best from the good? Is it innate ability, hard work, or creativity? uh i.e what does it take to compete at at that level i basically your level and just to put this in perspective i think you've been in the hall of fame now since 2006 that's uh correct and you've also not really missed many pro tours i think you you had a stupid run where you were at like 40 odd pro tours in a row uh over the course of almost 20 years
0: 99 Ninety-nine. Ninety-four, yeah. Was it? Was it 94? Yeah, there you go. had
3: 94 in a row. Yeah, I think, yeah. It's something ridiculous like that. So, I mean, from your point of view, what does it take to compete at that level? That amount of consistency that you brought to the table? Do you think it's just purely hard work? Do you think it's your ability? You know, what was your secret uh,
1: all these years? I like how Kieran brought that up. Oh, just a few questions, like, you know, quickly. And that's the question you need like a, a whole hour to answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you, dumb, know, you, you don't have to go could have started with that one. No, I think, like, I think the most important part, like, that the most important thing to become the best, and I know that's going to sound a little counterintuitive, is to start at a young age. So it's it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like sad for people who think that. They can make it but they start start too late. But you can't still be good, can be still be very good, but you cannot be the best if you haven't started early. And unless you have like some other background, uh, like that about that will teach you the ways of the magic at a young age. Like mm-hmm. the way you see the game, the way you analyze situations, you you learn that. But it takes some time. And if you learn that uh, from, a, let's say, when you're 25 or 30, every time you see a new situation, it's going to take some time for you to analyze it and find the right answer. If you grow up with it, it's going to become completely natural. And the, f- the, the way you you calculate, the, the, you, you, uh, you read the board, is going to be so much faster, and that cannot be matched by someone who actually learns the game at a later age and i think that what's make the, that's the big difference between the good and the best like best you need to grow up with the game and actually be good at it and and practice and have the good testing team and everything everything that goes with it but if you haven't grown up with the game that's i think that's the limit <laughs> i
0: didn't expect right. that answer but you know make makes sense <laughs>
3: Just get in That's why I'm thing. bad. I didn't start, it's I didn't good, start
0: yeah. young enough, guys. There's no other reason. <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: you've always been old in my eyes. That eye, could be I an think.
1: excuse.
0: Exactly. i have got you've given me a get out of jail card now. Thanks, ref.
3: I don't know. I don't know what my I mean, excuse is. You can still be good.
1: You can still be good and you can still like, get good, mm. good, good results. That's not what I'm saying. It's just going to be much mm. easier to be the best if you don't have to put that much effort. It's like it's like you know you you uh you you want to try like high jumping and you're like 2 meter tall yeah if you if you're born 2 meter tall it's going to be much easier to jump something high if you're like 1 meter 60 and you have to train every day for the rest of your life
3: Yeah, no, I think it's a fair point. Okay, just uh, maybe not all of the user questions or all the listener questions because it's kind of game. but um, maybe something a bit more personal. Do you play any other card game, board games, or do you do anything else for fun? This is from Andrew Klein or Andrew Klein.
1: So the other card game I play is Vampire: The Eternal Struggle. I haven't played a game in like three or four years, but I love that game. It was a uh, a Wizards game at the beginning. That was bought by White Wolf. And it's in the the world of darkness. I don't know if you, you know about the world of darkness, role playing game. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. with uh, yeah. like vampire, the masquerade, werewolf, werewolf, wraith, and mage, and like all this all this crazy world. It's it's really it's it's very dark and it's really good. It's it's a multiplayer game. It's like four or five players. Uh, you have a competitive scene. That's all. Little, uh, a little uh, like kind of dead. Well, like a vampire but I sometimes comes back and there's some independent companies that are reviving the game they are making new cards it's still living it's 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 actually a really really good game so if you don't know the game just look into it you can I think you can play online too and the other game and for fun I'm playing a lot of Warzone of Call of Duty I got into that like two years ago one, one and a half year ago I'm I'm really bad at it But i love playing it's a way for me to uh to play with my brother that's abroad who's abroad who living is living abroad and like whenever we can at night we have like one or two hours and that's a way for us to like catch up and do something together and i know it's 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 also a cool game i wish i had played call of duty before because now it takes so like it's the same thing i think i can be good at this game but it's gonna (laughs) take me so much practice that my reflexes are never be, gonna be as good as this like 13 year old kid that's been shooting for two years for three years and who knows everything and who's like completely inside the game, you know like I have this I've been coached by someone on Call of duty. The kid is 13 years old <laughs> and he kicks asses. like he's so good. Like 13 years ago, I, I remember what I did 13 years ago. he wasn't born.
3: <laughs> uh, i mean you've got you've got two kids now you said right i mean how, how old are they yes are they are they uh, at the age uh, where you can one and four one and okay. four
1: he he's already started call of duty
3: okay cool he's yeah. gonna start coaching people pretty soon <laughs> the next next couple well, of I'm years coaching
1: me soon. I, I, I need i need him to get good quickly so i can get good quickly. i think i think he's gonna be better I say he starts playing; he's gonna be better than me so quickly. It's good.
3: That's great. I mean, tell us a bit more about your your other exploits. I mean, you're a Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Is it a brown belt at this
1: point? Yeah. So yeah, right now. So since it's not about magic, I just completely changed my routine. So now I'm like aiming to do, like, to work on my my like personal improvement so i'm running about every day i'm training jujitsu like three times a week i'm doing uh like i'm going to the gym like for a strength conditioning like two or three times a week so the point is to run the marathon and get my black belt soon so that's what i do the rest of the time every morning i spend i spend like two two or three hours to work out run do some physical activity and that's what these days is what's keeping me sane.
3: Well, that's great. So yeah, maybe playing so less nothing. magic isn't the worst thing in the world.
1: <laughs> oh no, it's fine. I mean, that's that's yeah. what I'm saying. You know, yeah. from the bad, from the bad, bad situation, get the best out of it. And right now, the best I can do is work on, on getting healthy or healthier, and become the best version of myself. I mean, I can't compete in magic, so might as well compete somewhere else. Or at least be better somewhere else. Like couple, I started running. I think that was a year and a half ago, and I was I just casually run like every weekend. I run like five, six kilometers every weekend, you know, just to keep it fresh and you know. And it was kind of boring. Like yeah, well, that's I'm never gonna run more than five kilometers. And I was like, okay, then maybe should just try to run a little more, and a little more, and a little more. Like, yeah, why why not make it a habit? Why don't make it good? Why don't make some when i making some progress? And my first goal was to run 80 kilometers a month. I, so I got a watch, I got like new shoes, I got new things. And this is like all about being competitive and being you new know, positive about what you do and getting staying motivated. Cause that's what you need. You need motivation in life. You need to move forward. You need some goals, you need reachable goals. Because if you aim too high, you're never going to do anything. If you, if you start magic, say, oh, I'm going to be a PT winner. Ah, you're going to stop as soon as you lose your first round in the next tournament. So, you know, get some reachable goals. So I was like, okay, let's run 80. I run 80. Okay, fine. Can't do it next month. And then the months after. Okay, let's do a little more. And then I now run like 200 kilometers every month. I run semi-marathon and I'm like trying to get to the, mar- the actual marathon. I've not I'm not there yet. But I know this is one of my motivations and I'll be happy when I reach it. I know when I reach it, I'm going to feel like shit. So I'm like, oh man, that's it. That, that's all there is. I'm done. Oh. <laughs> is that it? All this for this? I mean, it's not even, I mean, I don't feel anything. I know it's what's going to happen. And it's, well, not really because then I would, I would want to like, Improve my time and everything, but I know at that point it's gonna be one day when I feel really shitty when I reach my goal. But the whole journey is great, and I feel about the same thing about jujitsu right now. I'm a brown belt. I've been training for a long time, and I've been slacking lately. Well, I couldn't train, so that's something. And also, yeah, I want I want to get my black belt, and I know I'm gonna be happy when I get it. It's gonna take more a few more months, maybe a few more years, but I'm gonna get there, and I'm gonna be happy when I get it. Just for the bragging rights. I don't care. I don't. I, don't I'm, I can't kick anybody's ass. Come on, look at me. But it's just for the bragging rights.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, we believe you. Listen, on, on that end, pal, we, we'd love to sit here and, um, you know, talk to you and get your insights. And, um, yeah, thanks so much for your time. Um, just on the parting note, as you said, you are offering coaching. Um, and it's actually quite it's a bizarre thing to think about it if you wanted to become a cricketer, you can't just reach out to Dale Steyn and say, teach me how to bowl fast. If you wanted to be You know why? Because I don't football- know who it is. <laughs> yeah, Frenchman, the fine sport of cricket. Anyway, listen. If you wanted to become a footballer, if you wanted to be a footballer, you can't reach out to Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi. You can't reach out to the best to ever do it and get coaching. But yeah you have access to a Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever do it with more titles than I can I can possibly remember. So guys, check out Raf. Um, check out his links. We'll post it in the show notes as well, all his details. But to celebrate this and Raf, we've partnered with Raf and we're giving away um, seven uh, one-hour sessions with the man himself. Um, and we'll share those details, how to enter on our social media handles. So look out for that. And Raf, thanks again so much for your time, man. It's truly been great. And obviously, it's clear that the work ethic and the willingness to, I guess, just to achieve things comes through in, you know, in your personality, not just in magic, but everything you do, whether it's jiu-jitsu or running or whatever. And you're just a competitive person and um, uh, giving us a little bit of insight into how your mind works. So thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And um,
1: You're welcome. Yeah. If, I, if I can close this... I know, I know. I've I've been. I sound angry and I sound negative and everything. It's just so many things I can't I can't control, and that's what's probably you know the most annoying things in life, like being always uh, to uh, how do you say that oh. to be influenced by things that you don't control. That's very mm-hmm. frustrating, but that's not why you should feel bad. You, uh, I said like at the end, at least I ended with a positive note. It's not because things are shitty around you that you have to take life the bad way and just try to, you know, feel happy about what you have. And if something bad happens to you, just find something else that makes it good. I know like as a pro, as a pro magic player, this is not a good situation. It's not great. And that's why I'm mad about these and this and this and different things, but I'm not a negative person. Uh, this is happening fine can i change it no can i make the best out of it yes am i gonna do it yes do i feel bad about what's happening to me no no because i'll find a, i'll find a way so find your way still still you can't be angry but that shouldn't you know like keep you down that would be my closing oh.
2: no,
1: no, no. <laughs> thank you. Statement. Closing note, yeah.